and welcome everyone to the Dicing with Design uh, podcast episode 8. Uh, joining me, Grant, today are Colin. Indeed. And Joe Prince. Good evening. And uh, today we'll be uh, continuing our ideas and discussion about our live game design, uh, which is Cosmic Cthulhu Kobold Commandos. Yes. Well no. done. I it was Cthulhu's that. Cosmic Commando Cobalt. <laughs> Working title. <laughs> Working Work title. title yes. There's Cobalt and there's Cthulhu and it's Cosmic. And they might be Commandos. Probably are Commandos. Although is that, is that just to get another C in the title? In the acronym? Well, like, yes. Cosmic Commandos is better than just Cosmic Cobalt. Well, let's get to it, I suppose. Yeah. And so it's not, gives them, not gives, the... gives them a role, doesn't it? Yeah. Kind of like cosmic children cobolds. Nah, it doesn't It's not a C for you. We might we might be going into cosmic, some cosmic things, crazy cobolds. What? So. <laughs> no, okay. Never mind. Right, go on, Grant. Also it's uh, not 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 the Cthulhu, just 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 a Cthulhu. It's dread Cthulhu. That's what it is. Sleepy Cthulhu. <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> it's quite whole, sleepy. Is the whole point of Cthulhu not that he's dreadful? Is there any other kind of Cthulhu? The d- belief uh, Plush Cthulhu. <laughs> Plushy Cthulhu. <laughs> okay. Hello Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, hello Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu who? It's like Guess Who, but they're all Cthulhu. <laughs> 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 yeah, the summer in the slightly different positions takes ages for a game. <laughs> I'm not sure that would work. That would go crazy after the first I've guess. Created that, I think that's why. I like <laughs> patented. The waves, Cthulhu's going for a wee nap. Well, that's how I envisage it working for the for the game. Cthulhu, when Cthulhu goes to sleep, all his friends go to sleep. So he goes to sleep, all the cobbles go to sleep. Magpus. Yeah, like Magpus. Exactly like Magpus. Then <laughs> <laughs> when Dread Cthulhu wakes up, all his friends wake up. <laughs> they go off on a mission through the cosmos. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can tie down that aspect of the game a little bit later on. Mm. <laughs> so? It's been a while since, uh, it's been not very long since we, uh, since the last episode, but Colin has not joined us for a while. No, uh, glad to be back. I have got any great news, so I think we can save that for next episode. I played Dwarf King's Hold. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin, what have you been up to? I've been, uh, gaming-wise, uh, the new uh, Tweet RPG has just started, so I've been joining uh-huh. in with that. Um, it's a bit different from the sort of standard RPG uh, fair because they've got it's called Rough Riffs this time around, um, and it's basically the story of um, a band getting started. So uh, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. It's quite interesting watching, like right. just so different from the standard um, sort of genres that you get. That, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Basically, the first sort of steps of the game were that you had to set up your own guitar, so you've got your own axe. And your own setup. Um, you had to choose from about fifteen different possible uh, configurations. So you could choose like reverb. Um, I can't remember which one's which, but it's something like reverb gives you uh, one extra hit dice, and uh, compression gives you um, like a savings on uh, attacks and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm not really sure how the fighting's going to work. Whether it's just going to be like doing a gig and seeing how well you play, or I don't know, no idea. But it's really interesting. Power of metal. Just because it's a bit different, yeah. So it's quite cool. 
Yeah, no, I looked at it, and that's actually what why I'm not doing it because it didn't look as accessible as going into a dungeon or or fighting with the next. <laughs> but then, if you've done this, if you've actually followed the previous games, then I can imagine you don't want to do the same again and again. It's kind of spot Scott Pilgrim, isn't it? I don't know anything about Scott Pilgrim. I know the name, but uh... oh, it's manga. The whole theme of it looks quite good. Man- manga rock group. Mm. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, you're probably right. Well, I don't know. Doing the same, just when you say doing the same thing again and again, plenty of us play plenty of um, fantasy-based RPGs. So I don't know. Could probably get away with doing more and more. And the last one, I mean, he's done sci. The last one I did was sci-fi, and then the ones before that were pure dungeon bashes. So I guess it's yeah. good to get the variety in. Absolutely, yeah. But um, for me, I just knew there was background to read and uh, just didn't get around to it in the end. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll follow. I'm, I'm still following the tweets, so I'll, I'll see how it goes. I jump in. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to have a guitar setup or a character written. You just you can just join in the votes anyway. I think that's true. I suppose, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, that's good fun though. Cool. Uh, other than that, my time has mostly been spent watching uh, Battlestar Galactica, which I'm addicted to currently. Yeah. Which I'm saying because it's taken up so much time, but it is awesome, so it's worth it. Yeah. Some day I might get into it. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, not happened yet. I still yeah. like the classic 80s, but I'll still like it. It was yeah. a very different vibe. <laughs> you knew who the Cylons were. Yeah. See, I never watched the original, so I I wasn't one of the ones that were outraged when I found out Starbuck was a girl, which apparently is the, the case with most. How can you be outraged when the girl is Katie Sackhoff anyways? Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Okay, let's not fill this with geek drooling. Yeah, okay, cool. Bye. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, that, that's about it, actually. She in Big Bang Theory. What was that, sorry? She, she did appear in Big Bang Theory, didn't oh, she? Oh, yeah, as uh, Starbuck. Yeah. As a that. geek dream, I think. Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colin's yes. main topic for today. Uh, so we, we came up with a premise last time and uh, setting and kind of a general theme as well. Uh, so we'll continue developing this game. Where are we going to start? Where can we have reminders of where we actually got to last time? Did we come up with so what did we come up with? We came up with a theme which was uh, <laughs> Cobalt and Cthulhu in space. So that's good. Yeah. So well, we're looking for a lighthearted game. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy game. Yes, it's going to yeah. be a comedy game. Cool. And we're looking for time constraints as well to kind of almost play it in real time and have it. So you finish an episode in, um, I don't know, you finish session in 45 minutes or whatever we yes. try, but some sort of yeah. set thing of, that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's all the time you get. Yeah, so you actually have a timer running as you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely think that's a that's a, a good feature. Yeah, I think and that's one thing um, I got back in touch with Ian McAllister about this week, because he wrote a game a few years ago called Stitch, mm-hmm. or he started working on it, I don't think it was ever finished, but that had... Um, a time element where you start a timer running and then you've got so long to do the mission stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in seeing uh, what he's got for, for his game and see what mechanics we can borrow. Right, okay, cool. Steel? Yeah. Cool. Use can I start us... <laughs> can we start in the comedy thing? I was watching... Yeah. Indie Plus Hangout with... Uh, what's his name again? Rich, Rich Rogers. Rog Richards. Oh, Claude, Rich Rogers. 
Rich Rogers, okay. And we didn't mention this before, actually. I don't think we mentioned European Song and Depos uh, Hangouts, Joe. No, we probably didn't. Okay, I'll put a, put a link up in the show notes um, to your discussion about GMless games. Uh, so f- further further to what we're talking about, our own GMless games episode, or GM versus GMless episode. Uh, so lots of interesting discussion points there. Yeah, some great guests on the panel. On me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Morningstar, uh, NDP, Meg Raybaker, uh, loads of great people. Looks like. Yeah. So, all, the geek, all the geek awards, as I put it. <laughs> yeah. Right, DF. So. Yeah, so the comedy thing that you watched, Grant, that was quite interesting you talking about that. What, so, what was the kind of, what was the principle behind creating a comedy game then? Uh, well, they were talking about how put a spotlight on someone and tell them to be funny, and the rules say you must be funny now. I think that could be kind of what well, I tell you what. The logical conclusion of this whole thing is that we will play this game out um, and put out an episode. But yeah. I, I don't fancy being told I've got to be funny. Uh, I think maybe we just say it's a light-hearted game, and the comedy will come from that. Yeah, you know, um, you... yeah. I think you're getting hung up on the def- on co- what comedy means. I think it's it, yeah, it's just not going to be dead serious. Yeah, the subject matter. Like, I mean. yeah. yeah, you you create a comedy set well, a, a light-hearted setting, and people will tend to be funny in it. I think, won't they? Especially if it's a group of friends that know each other, you'll just be well, they take the piss without even thinking about it. So that's where yep. the comedy comes from, I guess. Yeah. Okay, um, should we spend much? Well, let's talk about comedy for a bit. I, th- I was thinking sometimes the the funniest stuff comes from the, the the darker settings. You kind of have to, well, maybe not the funniest play. Well, even the funniest play. You we, we played we started playing that um, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, game, and there were lots of funny bits in that. Just because it's such a almost as a reaction to the. The grimness of the of the setting, as we're butchering mutants. Yeah, yeah, like the black comedy that comes in just because you're trying to make light of the fact you're in a horrible setting. Yeah, hmm. but there's nothing in the mechanics that helps you with comedy. No, no, there's not. No, and it was it was it incidental. I suppose it was kind of incidental comedy, really. Where was it? Yeah. Was a lot of that. In I think the, it's one response. You, you either go proper grim dark don't you everything's grim yeah you get a bit morbid and uh the forest of the chaos or you just go well whack some goblins <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah um, yeah so is a is a comedy stroke lighthearted game about creating a, a lighthearted setting obviously but about creating some mechanics that are likely to induce a bit of hilarity as well or just help you along the guests on on this hangout were brennan taylor uh, Jared Sorensen, who wrote hmm? of Mortal Coil fame, Brendan Taylor, and uh, IPR. Yeah, I think it was was it um, Space Pirates he was talking about. Um, uh, Bulldogs is that? That's one of his, I think. Okay, uh, Jared Sorensen, who uh, did an Inspectors, mm-hmm. and oh, Tim Rodriguez, Tim Rodriguez, he was who was talking about um, Space Pirates. And someone else whose whose name I didn't spot because he kept on messing about with his uh, with his the name at the bottom of the screen in, in comedy fashion. 
Uh, out two books, yeah. It doesn't work too well on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've left mine alone. <laughs> uh, one of the rules of inspectors is don't be funny. Right. Oh, I broke that rule when I played it. I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make, making it forced, like we said, might not be the best way, but make it lighthearted, I was thinking, would be the best way. Yeah, just don't be explicit about it. Just give them the chance. To, yeah, yeah. To use the setting, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then making making a structure. Um, if you have a game design the design that makes a structure where it's easy to be funny, um, and supports you in, and gives you a Funness. form of doing it. The the example that came up were picture of cat, line at the top, line at the bottom is is a structure that people have used to try and be funny on the internet. They feel comfortable doing that, and. You know, sometimes ah. they wind up being funny, or the got milk, you know, or just got noun X yeah. on a picture of something is something that people find easy to be funny. It's, it's a structure that people can be funny with, and you can maybe take that onto a game's design. Cool. Um, that that sort so. of um, principle where where you we have a structure. Some of the people, are, you know, a quieter person or, or someone who's not. As outgoing can can use that structure to 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 aid them. Yeah, as a platform, and uh, yeah, that's what that's similar to a lot of gameless games, isn't it? Where you have um, a scene economy and stuff, so everyone gets a chance. Yeah, to call the shots for a while. Mm-hmm. It's that's going back to the idea of having the inspiration thing, isn't it? Where whether it's the cards that have pictures on them, like the tarot type stuff that you use in um, mm-hmm. Health of Leather or whether it's a, like a, a D100 table which just has completely random words on it and you've got to make your next scene out of like roll three up say and you've got to make, make your next scene out of those three things uh, I mean do you think that helps people to be funny even just a little couple of bits of inspiration like that it's not I a blank slate like yeah. Yeah. it sets up uh, like improv games like yeah. kind of thing that's uh, out of um, we should check out the book Impro. I think I lent it to one of you. Or something. Yes, that's, that's yeah, really I've got it. Lots yep. of like spontaneous um, stuff, and the follow-up to that is called Impro for Storytellers, and that's right. got a load of improvisational games in it. And a lot of them will use kind of. They're all about having a structure to give people straight to be funny. But yeah, there's rules of the game of, of like it's the kind of thing you see on Whose Lines anyway. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Some something people talk about a lot when the. I've been hearing a lot of this because I've been listening to that that podcast and also the Nerdist podcast where they talk to a lot of comics. And uh, what they say is yes and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the yes and response where you, you throw in an extra complication which could be structured into a role-playing game, I guess, is structured yeah. into a Archipelago games. uses well, that's, it. Yeah. Yeah, Archipelago is really clever that way. It's got this sort of set four or five phrases, doesn't it? Where you can uh, change the path of the story, there must be yeah, there must be a way to use that to create more comedy. Because, well, I think using that as a mechanics is quite open. So yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, take, I think as it is, and, and just saying, just go with it. It's probably naturally going to go to to comedy at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, especially if the if the idea is that it's going to be a bit competitive. Because I think the archipelago isn't it doesn't tend to be competitive, does it? It's supposed to be you building a story together. But if the game was a bit more competitive, then you say, yes, but, uh, and then add in, yeah, wet halibut flies from the sides, sidelines and smacks you in the face type of thing. You're, you know, yeah. you add in, aye, 
for three rounds. <laughs> exactly. <in> the <laughs> so the chance to, to add in elements that make it funnier while striking down your opponent. <laughs> yeah. That's, I should just use a Rollmaster crit table or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plenty of comedy in that, yeah. Incorporate that and start <laughs> that particular death into the next scene. Some NPC yeah. who turns up probably won't register it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just wanted to mention as well um, mm. Graham Walmsley's book Play on Safe, which I dug out again because that's got some good advice on uh, kind of improvising more in role playing games and things to use. And that's that's got some good bits on creating a routine, and then you make it interesting by breaking that routine. So we can use that in the scene structure mm-hmm. of, of what's going on for characters to quickly get something interesting. Is that the one you gave me, Joe? Oh, maybe was that the one I gave you? That I, sounds more familiar. Yeah, yeah. maybe I, I'll let you play on safe. Yeah, no, it is. It was that one. Stuff. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Impro is the one that's it's a bit deeper, and a lot of playing safe ideas come from impro. It's yeah. By, uh, but yeah, that's all about spontaneity and uh, improvisation, and then it's got a weird chapter on masks and tramps. Which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I've read about half of it, and the, the kind of the main principle so far is just around working together isn't it to create the story like not shutting each other down like yeah and not about, shutting yourself down and just yeah and, with it and don't worry about don't worry about being clever or being funny or exactly yeah yeah and how you, you know, can like really without funny. yeah without thinking it's really easy to shut other people down by actually just uh yeah just by not really giving yes a, well yeah or just or not no. giving a, an well, opening saying no but by just blocking ideas and, and shooting them shooting them down yeah is that what yes and means then Kind of, yeah. Because yes, yes isn't shutting you down. If you're saying yes, you're agreeing with that idea, so that's letting it be. But I think I actually I think Joe that part of the what the book was saying was around that because if you give even if you're agreeing with somebody, you can shut them down because you don't really give anything to build on. Like it just kind of a <laughs> yeah. it's not a it's no, not a shutdown exactly, but it's like a it's a bit of a barrier. Just um, kind of, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of not hitting the ball back, is it? It's yeah, like, exactly. I'm not, yes, I'm not not throwing, I'm not taking the ball home. Yeah, but I'll just. I'm, going to leave it there yes exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i'm going to stop and walk away <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um no. let's go and rob a bank yeah <laughs> it works doesn't it okay <laughs> yeah so that i so having those set phrases works really well i guess and promoting that yeah being more mm-hmm. open and pushing things on cool that's it yeah i think i'd like some sort of mechanic as well to yeah to stop you you're not allowed to block unless maybe you you can earn so many hard blocks per episode or something where you can just shut someone else's idea down if you don't yeah. like it or mm-hmm. well, fear a hard block might be needed if you want to end a scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the slamming a slamming of a door is a hard block and it'll end a lot of scenes in a sitcom. Yeah, uh, yeah, but any... often it won't end the ideas. It'll it'll just be a nice way to round off. The ideas that have built in that scene. Yeah, I was talking. We're talking off air about an, an escalation, how yeah. it especially comes out in American sitcoms. It will wind up with someone screaming at the top of their voice the big punchline. Yeah, and and that and that's the scene. Then you can move. And then you move on. Rachel yell at Ross, or you know Ross will yell at Rachel. We were on a break. And that's 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 the punchline. Next thing, right? Yeah. Move on. Hard block. No. 
So how, so yeah, how do you manage that currency then? Like, what is it? What is it that we have that can give you these uh, hard to? Well, yeah, they've got to be rare blocks or whatever it is that you use. Yeah, I think you should probably start with maybe two per episode. Start with start with a very limited supply, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if you should be able to earn any more. Yeah, Uh, if you're on a time limit, then absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, within well, your actually, oh, but what, what I was thinking, oh, I've written down here, which I meant to say, is that um, similar but different is that, that you've got so many pauses. So mm-hmm. because we're playing it in real time and saying what's happening in real time, you can we can call a pause, mm-hmm. and then this will work well for the recording as well, because then you could you know when to stop and then to put it back together if you wanted it all to just be in real time. Mm-hmm. But then once you pause, you've got a live play time, so you can kind of go meta, and um, that's when maybe you can switch status. Um, the characters elevate one character, drop another one down. Um, you can negotiate new characters coming into the story. Mm-hmm. Well, we could use random items or cards as prompts, or bring in a rule or something for the next scene, like bring in a, one of the game rules or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or use a time switch, like, like Cole was saying, we have you know, so many uh, Cobalt time switches per episode that you can use to go back in time. And do something again. Do you reckon each kobold just has a, an hourglass strapped to his belt, and it's been charged with the power of Cthulhu, so that he can use this hourglass? This hourglass has only got so much sand in it, represented by like counters for us or something. Um, yeah. And that would be used to do this of the rewinds, the pause, the time shift entirely type of thing. Yeah. So the characters wind up talking about these these timers all the time which would make it kind of it would be something that comes up all the time mm-hmm. you'd want that in every single well, episode since we're making this episode episodic mm-hmm. I think that's alright I think that's that's, that's their, their little gimmick isn't it mm-hmm. their, their stick <laughs> the cosmic cobble stick time <laughs> the... travelling time shifting yeah yeah and it's the yeah Cobalt. And then you can, have, you can have a scene which, which could end quite funny. Like basically, they can all get wiped out, can't they? They could all get destroyed because they do something stupid. Except <laughs> one of them who then flips the time switch, they go back in time, so they're yeah. all still alive. Yeah. Um, or they meet each other. Yeah. They meet the They meet themselves in another time frame and destroy the space-time continuum, <laughs> as Doc Brown would say. <laughs> well, that could be that. That sounds like that would happen one episode, definitely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what they I had some ideas about how the chrono the, shifting cobalt Cthulhu commandos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how how it works? Like Cthulhu uses the cobalts. Like cobalts are the only race in the galaxy that have this, uh, or maybe they're the only no, ones that just can. The only time ones shift. who are too stupid to go mad when well, they talk to him. Yeah, yeah with Cthulhu, yeah. he's mad. But I thought we'd have a scene of like Cthulhu tries to get like some you know shit hot space. <laughs> Cowboy, stormtroopers, <laughs> to to be his minions. But yeah. when he talks to him, what, what happens when Cthulhu talks to someone? They just go gibber gibber gibber. They're completely insane. Yeah. So he's, he has to use the cobalts because they're the only things that, in the galaxy that he's found that are stupid enough that they don't go mad when he talks to someone. And looks. At him. Yeah, and the only ones he can trust with uh, this power over time because they're too stupid yeah. to be able to use it, friend clever. So what are the powers? <laughs> what are the what? Sorry. The parts are all players kobolds. Does somebody have to be uh, Cthulhu? 
I think yeah, one person will play Cthulhu. Yeah, and he'll they'll be Sweet. the tonight, Matthew. I'm going to be Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guess who? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, you'll be the Cthulhu master for that week. And then yeah. um, oh, the evil wizard, of... evil wizard player, wizard player, yeah, manage adversity and NPCs who are there to either give out plot advice or get in the way of the cobalt achieving their goal. I'm searching through Google Plus apps just now to see if there's a, a voice switching one because Cthulhu's got to have a big, big voice effect on him. <laughs> so, but what would the what would the aim of the Cthulhu player be then? Would it be different from the Cobalt players? Um, yeah, I I think so, but only slightly different. Like the aim of the Cthulhu players is you want to come up with a good quest to send the Cobalt on. And then you want them to kind of get as close as possible to achieving it. Um, what, but then blow up at the very end. But then blow up at the very end. <laughs> well, something that came out of the, the Google Hangouts discussion was the fact that success doesn't lead to very good comedy. It's the failures that will... Um, and I think it's failures that will um, make... that will be well, more entertaining. So does Cthulhu have this uh, sadistic... Uh, need where he sets them quests but actually he doesn't really want them to succeed because he hates them so much and he's a bit evil so actually yeah, raises them, their hopes and raises them, hopes and raises yeah. hopes oh, yeah. no, I think he does want them to succeed in the quest because they're his only minions so he's uh-huh. trying to use them against the other elder gods and to further his ambitions so uh-huh. I think he wants them to succeed but probably the Cthulhu player doesn't want them to succeed no, maybe, maybe all, yeah he doesn't want them to succeed because um, we'll do it like Levers and Lycanthropes. If if they if the Cthulhu player thwarts the rest of the kobolds, then their kobold gets to come and sort everything out and look great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just comes in and saves them all. Uh-huh. So it's in the ex machina. Yeah. So it's in the Cthulhu player's interest to set a really difficult quest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, there should be some sort of limit on how much adversity he's got to throw. Their yeah. Way. Yeah, like they would have a sort of uh, a system like um, HeroQuest, where they've got tokens, a set amount of tokens where they can throw in their throw in their path. Yeah, seems like yeah. that. Or just certain amount of, of hard blocks or statements you're just allowed to come in with and stuff. Yeah, well, you can say, "Well, I'm playing playing my adversity joker." <laughs> a tractor beam sucks you into a, a wormhole. Yeah, <laughs> and end up on a jungle planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just writing this down. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sound of typing in the back of a podcast, just what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm trying to use my pad instead of my mouse so that you don't hear the clicking. Yeah. When I click. <laughs> uh, okay, so do we have to... Well, yeah, okay. Do we have to set the questions then or the blocks, like how they work? Or is that more mechanics that we can do later on? We're still mm. going for overall stuff at the moment. I think that's we could probably pin that down later exactly how it works. Just yeah. got an idea of the general area where it's working. Yeah. It might even be that we'd just try and play some first and then think when do you need to use that. Yeah. What type yeah. of ones would be used, yeah. So Places. okay, so the, the Cthulhu player's aim is to uh, to uh defeat the kobolds, set a quest that will defeat them and then use his powers to stop them getting there. Um but then does that See that sort of seems to me to conflict a bit with the fact that Cthulhu wants them to win. Do we have to have another player? So Cthulhu isn't a player. Cthulhu's just 
there. And then there's no, another. You just, you just, so you these just have to role play Cthulhu as wanting them to succeed, mm-hmm. but actually you're working against them. Does that make sense? The player's working against them, but the, the main yes. character. Because Cthulhu probably won't appear that much. He'll appear at the beginning to give them their quest and right. stuff. And right, okay. And when they have to explain why they've messed up again. Yeah. He goes to slip back to sleep. <laughs> so that. wakes up with a slightly different personality. Yeah. <laughs> He's wacky like that. <laughs> Indeed. So the kobolds, are they against each other or are they a team? They're a team. Mm-hmm. And there's cases of most kobolds. <laughs> what was that, sorry? And there's cases of uh, as most kobolds. So they're, uh, yeah, backbiting, infighting. Right, yep. Scrappy. Well, it depends on who your character is, because that's, that's one thing that we do. Like, we do our, our player character, kobold character. Yep. Creation, kobold uh-huh. commando. Yep. Cos- kobold cosmic commando. I'll come in again. <laughs> yeah so they they are a team but there is the standard uh, they know they're going to get a little bit more cobalt food if they are the one that actually completes the quest or they're the one that yeah. picks up a trophy they want the, they want the biggest shiniest medal yeah exactly <laughs> can they get given different medals based on their performance yeah so if you manage to take all the credit you get the biggest shiniest medal <laughs> yeah could you get could or you get um, with things more boons to take over into the next episode as well. Uh, be yeah, some, maybe some kind maybe, of bonus. Each, your medal could would become maybe an item or something that yeah. you could that couple can refer to uh-huh. and get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, because I quite like the idea of it being episodes, but that it does have a bit of an ongoing story as well. Oh yeah, you want to have a link up. You want to be able to play a campaign. Yeah. Well, there's like a point then. So, that, sorry, go on. And and like you said, having short, um, short plays, short play time, so, so, you know, between half an hour and an hour, we'll see how it runs. Means you can in a in a good long session do two or three episodes in a in a go, or yeah. just have it, uh, or just have it a one off, and then go about our business for another week. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the kobolds want to yes, yeah, so the semi-competitive or semi-collaborative yeah it's like comedy <laughs> collaborative but competitive yeah so. <laughs> mm-hmm. or at least inter-character it's competitive is it just going to be dad's army basically they'll try to work together <laughs> they're just all idiots <laughs> well, there might be elements of that <laughs> <laughs> I see it more as like a red dwarf kind of thing. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've all got completely different aims. <laughs> yeah, that's probably something we should have as well as part of your character design. It'd be good for your co-world to have an ambition, mm-hmm. some defining characteristics. Right. Yeah, yeah. I always liked the... Uh, well, I didn't... Uh, sorry, the, the, when we did our Hero Quest um, character generation, they kind of randomly rolled boon and disadvantage. Like you could come up with your own, your own, of course, but like it'd be good to have a table of uh, of completely stupid disadvantages. Like Cobalt oh, right. only has oh. one nostril. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what, what effect would that have in your Cobalt exactly? <laughs> mocked, mocked by all the other the Cobalts who have three nostrils. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it would be quite a stigma because they are like. Like quite dog-like, so they're probably quite proud of their smellers. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. 
<laughs> but uh, well, what do you think of that? What do you think of setting down things like that? Or do you, would you, I know Joe? You probably prefer to completely open character creation and go and buy the games you design. Um. Well, no, it's hard fine to have something set down, but then then you have to write it and set it down. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Just more work. <laughs> oh, I That's see. So the way you or, design or games... something more vague, like physical disfigurement. And you Maybe, leave if you could just to... grab um, a role-playing manual, just yeah. an old role master or something. If we've just got a table like that somewhere, yeah. Maybe for role master or old Warhammer or more yeah. time or something. Well, that hero quest roll one. On that. Roll yeah, I, I don't nine. know where that was from. That was it. Was one that was it? Russ that we were playing that with. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was and the, he, had, then, he had. He had the like really old school one. Yeah. And it had it was like a D a thousand table, wasn't it? And I rolled up someone like you smell bad. <laughs> it was so it was someone ridiculously pointless like that. <laughs> but we could like, have a, a small table. We could have a small table of of quite vague entries like yeah. physical disfigurement, mental illness, yeah. um, social social difficulty yeah. and just make something up from that or like you say just free form it yeah but see that i think that's the kind of thing that you end up um that does end up being really funny doesn't it because you keep referring to it like you smell bad or like you're missing a toe or something like that and yeah. you role play that at some point in the game and it's just yeah quite funny yeah and it's, it's part of the character isn't it yeah it becomes part of their defining characteristics so yeah if, if anyone wants to yeah, if you want to write up a table go for it yeah i'll do that <laughs> we each, if we each had one one thing a day into a google doc mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks okay then we'll have ooh three times 14 we'll have lots <laughs> indeed <laughs> we'll have 52 um so yeah i come into a deck of cards then <laughs> yeah that's true i yes. yeah 52 would work well well, that's actually, well yeah, it wouldn't be normal cards, would it be any kind of cards for you? <laughs> start, start up a dock straight away. <laughs> Word. So, um, I, I'm just looking through the stuff we wrote down that last time. Um, in terms of combat, how, uh, going on your guys' discussion the last time around, crunchy versus not very crunchy, how mm. uh, strict would we make um, the combat, whether that's actual combat or whether it's like um, witty repartee or whether it's uh, you know debate, whatever, uh, would it be numbers based? Would it be uh, like based on a grid, like actual sort of hero quest style combat, or is it going to be completely? Uh, I think it should be like wrestling. Mm-hmm. It, should, it should be booked. We should book who the winner is going to be, and then <laughs> then have the fight and try and make it as good as possible. <laughs> well, so the, maybe you could buy yeah. you could buy a victory or something. <laughs> so the winner is so actually based on how win. well they win or lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes back to yeah, that goes back to sort of sort of time warping it. Um, we we could yeah, if you all, if you know the outcome, you can tell the story better. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can actually flag up how you're going to lose, you know, with 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 a with a big weakness that that comes up. Always, oh, he's, he's he's carrying an injury. He's still still scarred from the last whipping off of Cthulhu. <laughs> so he's got his ta- got those taped up ribs. Yeah, he's doing so well. But then he, he climbed up that uh, electrical pylon to go for a high risk maneuver. All gone horribly wrong. <laughs> I suppose that would lend itself to the kind of voting mechanism, wouldn't it? Like uh, Munchausen. So, 
whether you win yeah. or lose, the the other players throw you tokens based on uh, how cool they thought your your output your <laughs> your outcome was. Yeah, totally. And I think it should always, you know, don't really want any characters to die. Do we, yeah. Or do we not any of the main characters? No. So, um, yeah. So it's just who gets who gets to win the fight. It's, you're not going to lose characters that way. You're not going to have to come up with new ones unless yeah. you decide you want them to die. Yeah. Um, it's just death of your so, reputation. Yeah. Yeah. The death of the mission, whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah might be gone um, yeah so that, is that is that quite an important thing like what the the bad outcome is like um, to make it risky obviously you need to know there needs to be well I, I suppose in classic D&D yeah your character can die so that's the that's the risk but yeah in contenders say there's no you're not going to die but you don't achieve you know, your aim story. Yeah. Um, you lose resources yeah yeah, it's so, just how how deep. I mean, we want to keep it really simple. If it's got to be done in forty five minutes and in mostly real mm, time, yeah. So, but you could have some resources. Maybe, maybe you can you can earn. Oh, you can. I've put something about you can get a incorporation for boons. Don't know what I meant by boons. Uh, but definitely some sort of currency. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. Aye, someone yeah, you can swap for the time shifts. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no limit in Archipelago, there's no limit on how many times you can use phrases. But then again, it's supposed to be cooperative rather than competitive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I guess... Maybe you could earn more for... If you've got something, yeah, if we've got like descriptors, descriptions, um, gimmicks about each character, then if you work that in, you can maybe gain a boon for that once per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you so you might just pull something off based on whatever your characteristics are. Either you're I think. Sorry, go on, yeah. Brett. There was a, a pantheon, apparently. I, I think someone's talked. I heard someone talking about it the other day. I've got that. Uh, it's about you're actually awarded for, or maybe it was maybe it's something else. But you're allowed um, awarded for a- acting up to your archetype. Uh, yeah. The example I heard was if if you are the 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 chef uh, on 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 the on the boat in the middle of the sea, played by LL Cool J, then if you swear a lot and wisecrack all the time and you die first then you will then you you will then you will get awarded a point <coughs> yeah that's how that game works well it's kind of limited into after you've seen the scenario once you know what well if you remember what the what awards each character gets it's kind of one shot deal and it's a bit complicated the award system there's a lot of them a lot of things you have to Look out for, but it was something like that. Is definitely what we want. Some sort of maybe just, but just simpler. Just like if you act in character. Um, so what do we, what do we need for character generation? You're going to need a name, and you're going to need a random descriptor from the table, uh, and maybe an ambition yeah. as well. It's going to go on the feet. As, as with all things in this game, we want to be fairly minimal. 
Yeah. Yeah. Name descriptor. Okay. Aim. Yeah. Would using one descriptor maybe maybe an award could be another descriptor? Yeah. You start definitely. with you start with one and or maybe two. And the more you can work in, the more the more you'll get and make it sort of branch off. Get more rules on the table. Yeah, sounds good. Um, maybe maybe a play group can actually start off. You have to the the table is something that could be built up as you go along. You know, yeah. everybody starts off with two. They pick one for their own character and leave one for the for the pool. That's nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then, and then, as you, as when you, when you gain a benefit, you gain a benefit. You get one, and then have to put another two into the pool. So it's like, uh, right, I'm gonna pick um, Smelly off of this list, and I'm gonna put in Paranoid and Bright Purple Skin uh, onto back into the pool for someone else for some other poor unfortunate to pick up. Yeah, I like that. So they're added in by the players. Some of it's actually generated at the time. That's good. Have you read them three sixteen yet, Grant? Um, in the middle of it, I've j- I've been I've made the mistake of only reading it just before I go to bed in bits, and I think it's one of these. As with a lot of games, uh, the all the rules kind of hang together, and yeah. I'm not really getting it. <laughs> I'm not getting a big picture. I've got to sit down and read it. Yeah, the bits all fit together, but uh, yeah, like you say, unless you read the get the the core of the game, then it takes a while to yeah see how it all fits together. Uh, have you read about strengths and weaknesses though? They're all in flashback form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can spend you spend your flashpoint your flashback to automatically um, win. win or, or automatically on your lose on your terms. Sure, sure. I wonder if that's something that we could port into. Cobalt. In case you have you have strengths and strengths and weaknesses. Maybe just weaknesses for kobolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No strong kobolds. <laughs> also, you don't actually act. You don't actually act on your own strengths. You just uh, get extra points. Actually, that's a that's a bit nicer, isn't it? You 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 can. You're you're not using your own strengths. You're exploiting the other player's weaknesses. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can get a bonus card if you if you do that. If you screw someone else over, yeah, yeah. Aye, that's good. And then maybe their weakness is spent, but they have to pick up two more. Hmm. Can't think <laughs> you'd have to be. No, I think you just keep that weakness. That's part. Of, that's a character. That becomes part of that character's trait, and it can be exploited once per session. Yeah, once per session, yeah, yeah. And you can give yourself new weaknesses, maybe up to one per session to upload to automatically, you know, lose but lose on your terms. Yeah. Or or got Yeah. Just thought of something. Uh yeah, carry What's on. That? <laughs> oh okay. That's gone. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll be back. Very well. I was, do you think it's worth the, the only strengths that would come in would be uh, at the end of each episode so the winning kobold would actually manage to get a strength if he is the one voted yeah. to have achieved his aim in the most stylish way yeah that's right that's, that works that's what his medal can work as mm. his medal works yeah. in strength that's the boon 
Yeah. yeah. What I've got here is some cards. There are only four mm-hmm. characteristics on these cards. I've got Hungry Troll and the Gobbles off of the 80s from Games oh. Workshop. So, characteristics like this. What is this? Am I, not, is not this... very hungry, very tough, not stupid, very, very naughty. <laughs> yeah, it's like Top Trumps with, with gobbles. <laughs> and they're yeah, all just okay. like, they're sort of stupid looking, uh, I think early 90s sort of characters. Where do those cards come from? Uh, this is a Games Workshop game from the from the early 90s. Mm. Yeah, they did a few of them, the, the troll games or gobbo games. came with a silly songs tape, an official game uh, tape of, of gobbles singing songs. Alas, it didn't survive. <laughs> oh, here we go, Trolls in the Pantries. <laughs> here's a good name for the, here's a good name for the for the game oi that's my leg oh yeah (laughs) nice I think I've led us astray there sorry (laughs) Um, right okay I've written well I've written all these ideas down so we can see how they uh, they fit in what else do we need to do the theme of our game is pretty similar to the theme of most of those games Mm -hmm. hapless little creatures annoying bigger ones yeah that's what made me think of it yeah Uh, maybe uh I'm, I'm sure there'll be a link to. I'm sure there'll be a, um, a site on Board Game Geek with this, and I'll put this on the. I'll put it on the show notes so people know that it's that sort of theme we're going for. This is more fantasy, um, yeah, than what we're thinking. But once yeah. you've got the mechanics in place, you could just shift setting quite easily. Oh yeah, yeah. Switch on. Absolutely. What? Um, so what is the? What's the first step, Joe? You're the games designer. What do you do first when you're actually writing up a game? Yeah, take us behind the curtain. Behind the what do I do first? Um, first, I like to write it all down on paper first, or at least write down the mechanics. Yeah, what bits? Flow of the game is going to work. <laughs> and that's kind of what I wonder actually. Like, what bit do you write down first? Like, what do you decide on first? What? It's whatever bit comes up first. Usually, like a mechanical loop or something, or okay. Um, could even be the, the title mm-hmm. or just the the theme. Um, I don't think a lot of the games that I've done have been have started off as, as games design competitions. Yeah. So they quite often throw out a few terms or there's certain constraints that you have to to use. Yeah. Which that always helps because that you know instead of do a game about anything, it's like do a game about these pick two of these words and what does that conjure up for you yeah and then for me i'll get the the title or the theme of the game like contenders like it was fight and pain so it's like oh is is it boxing some sort of gritty boxing game and then Mm -hmm. from there um i would think i start sketching out like how the how the game's going to flow there's other scene structure um and the resolution mechanic as well. I tend mm. to, to do that early on. Like right. What will, how will it support the theme? How will the mechanic support the theme? Um, but to envisage the flow of the game. Yeah. yeah. Normally, like lots of arrows, different bits go into each other. How? So how do you think that'll work? Us doing it as a group. Do you think we should split it up into sections and each do a section separately? Or do you reckon we need to do it all collaboratively? Mm-hmm. 
I would it's certainly. Like think... It's like we're saying with the three sixteen. I'm not. I'm not understanding it because I'm reading it one bit at a time. I think it's all got to be sort of assembled together. Together. Otherwise, it falls apart. See that? Yeah. See, that's the thing. It would. I'm sure it would. Yeah. Start that again. I'm sure it would work better, or it would read better if we did everything together. But it's definitely yeah. the harder way to do it. Well, it's it's just it's difficult to figure out what you would petition up. Yeah. At this stage, anyway, maybe further down the line, I think if we'd got ideas of like, oh, we need someone to do some work on the the background or whatever, and someone yeah. to um, write up the mechanics in a form that makes sense to us all, and yeah. someone else to do some that's something else, then that's fair enough. Yeah. But I think we all need to be involved in all those steps. Yeah. But if this new game to me, as well, I'm just designing my own. Yeah. So. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay. I suppose what I'm getting at is, what do we do now? What's our next? <laughs> how do we? How do we actually do we start building this? Because we've been talking about it for like a couple of months now. So, what is the next step? And actually, try. Do you think we need to get a playtest version? That's what we need to do. Yeah, but how do we make a playtest version? <laughs> okay, right. We I think we can have to sort of draw a line and say, right, we're going to use a deck of fifty-two cards, and and nail that, and then Why? say. I don't know. Oh, is that an example? Just to put, just to yeah, put, think... just to put a constraint on it and say, right, we're going to do this now, or we're going to use a deck of ten cards to to, to to and play. Whenever you're playing a, you know, it doesn't have to be this, but whenever you're playing, when you whenever you have a conflict of how the story is going to run, then you play these cards and add on bonuses for plus five for every one of the characteristics you're exploiting mm-hmm. yeah right. but we could go with that I think that's a bit too complex oh, for our needs yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough I think I like the, the helpful other resolution if, if we've all got access to a deck of cards with some images on yeah. then because there's three of us whoever's not, whoever's not involved in the conflict whoever's not saying oh, I don't think it should go that way they just draw a card and just kind of adjudicate on it mm-hmm. and put their own spin on it, how it goes. Alright, so yeah, it's just one it's just one person drawing a card showing yeah. showing the other two. Yeah. Yeah, and we start off start off as a three player game. Because that's yeah. what we got. And exactly. And start play from three. that for to to look at other possibilities. Okay. <clears throat> so you think it should have a minimum of three players? For now, I think our, our, we should design it around three players because that's our playtest group. Yeah, Hello. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could have, yeah, you could have every conflict has to have certain roles. You've got the defender, the attacker, the adjudicator, and the backup or something. If you have a fourth player, yeah, and it's yeah, just whoever, whoever jumps in first to grab them. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, or maybe someone takes sides. Mm-hmm. So you've always got an attack. Could do. We need to figure out what the the conflicts are going to be around, or what the yeah. stakes are going to be as, as well. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, we don't. They're not that important. It doesn't doesn't really matter that much. What, what happens? That's why in Hell for Leather, I'm saying like with a minor conflict resolution, someone just adjudicates. But um, from that, nothing that major can happen to the story. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need something for. Maybe we need to keep conflicts that have the crunch bits tied to important plot twists. Yeah. 
or events. Do we do we basically do we need to know what a general quest would look like first? Um, so that we can decide how it would work. Do we need to know what type of aims they'll yeah. be going for? What type of rewards they'll be standing to win and what type of uh, damage they're going to take if they don't we need we need some some of that yeah some feedback mechanics I think about so what the you know the aim of the game is just to have a fun session for forty five minutes yeah with some crazy cobbles getting some yeah, wacky yeah, yeah. stuff <laughs> uh, so we need the mechanics just to support that and that means. Simple as possible, but you want the conflicts to have some sort of crunch or mean. Yeah, so some, some sort of satisfaction of yeah. to make it a game one way or the other. Yeah, there needs to be a, yeah, at to least a bit a of it, yeah. skill or strategy or something. There needs to be. Yeah. Aye. So, I suppose where where do the conflicts come and what do you get from them? Are we going in circles? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're getting somewhere. I'm proposing okay. like a, a three-stage quest. Okay, three is the magic number. So you have to succeed in three major conflicts to achieve the missions. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cthulhu player will be running the conflicts, running as either NPCs or events or whatever. Well, there being a time limit also, I guess you have the player who has more conflicts than anyone else wins in before the allotted time. No, I would say if, if nobody completes the three, then nobody wins. Okay, or that, yeah. Mm. Time's out, yeah. Mission fails. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. So then it, there is an element of if somebody is doing badly, they've only had one success, it's five minutes to go, then they could try and hold up the other players if they are gonna if they look like they're going to win. That oh, is yeah, good. yeah. If, you, if you're going to say we need three conflicts each, but you can choose to work together sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking you meant like, so say there's three people playing, uh, mm. Three kobolds, I should say, one Cthulhu player, so there's four people in total. If uh-huh. two of them have got two successes and one of them's only got one, then the guy with one could actually just decide, bugger it, I'm not going to win this, so I'm just going to try and stop the other guys from winning. Yeah, but then they've got, yeah, but because they've got different levels of success, uh, they could have chose to work together and yeah. all have two if they'd all, if they'd just been oh, two yeah. conflicts that they'd yes. all participated in. Yes, yeah. Um, but these ones have, yeah, obviously. Maybe two of them did work together, and the other one's just gone off on his own. Now yeah. he's behind. So he's going to screw them over. Yeah. Or even do you think even if they all three of them go into a combat together, whatever conflict it is, somehow two could <clears throat> come out successful and one couldn't, even if they do work together at the start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. And that's what would work out in the booking. If we're going to use a booking system of like we go right this is the conflict, and then we pause and then decide maybe um, by gambling resources, like who's willing to. To put the most resources in as to who gets the biggest vote on deciding the matchup, who wins the match, how they win, do they win clean? <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's that's good. That gives you that's kind of a concrete idea to run around. Three successes yeah. of whatever kind of conflict we come up with, and they've won their episode. Yeah. 
So the, the Cthulhu player's aim is to either hold them up so they get no successes or to make sure they lose every single conflict. Do you think there should be a limited amount of conflicts? It's like they only get five chances or something. It shouldn't matter if we have a time limit. We've got a time limit, yeah. Yeah, so they can just go for as many as they want. Yeah. But how do they earn a conflict then? Because it needs to be kind of hard to get one, otherwise they're just going to go fire through them all and do as many as they can. Was every scene going to be a conflict? No. Well, you have a set-up scene, you'll have some sort of denouement at the end, and in between it'll be all conflicts. Well... Well, See, I think the Cthulhu player gets to, maybe gets to choose, but then has to use them at a certain within a certain time interval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if he had, if the Cthulhu player had a bag of fifteen, to- just for the sake of argument, they would be tokens with. Yeah. Um, f- there's four different types of scenes. Say in the game, uh, he has sixteen tokens, so there's four of each type of scene in his bag, so he yeah. can only use. He has a certain amount of each type of scene, so eventually he has to use the conflict scenes. But he uh, can use yeah, the like other that. ones to try and set it up so that those conflict scenes are less successful or something. I like that, but I think use cards. Yeah, yeah. And then you can shuffle the deck, cut it, and put the last conflict on the very bottom, uh-huh. maybe. Right. And the other two, wherever. Or, or, put, or at least put them in the bottom half. Yeah, shuffle them to the bottom half of the deck, so you've got to go through a few scenes before you get the. Uh, the all important quest conflict scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even would, would it work just having them random? Say there's twenty cards, loads of different. As co- long as you could scenes. have the conflict randomized to be in the second half. But what if they could have a conflict? Could be the very first scene. They just jump straight into strife, um, and that's actually it's good for them in that they can get a conflict out of the way straight away. But it's bad that they're not prepared for it. They haven't really got the resources they need for it. Uh, yeah, that would work actually. So maybe one, maybe the first two conflicts you can you can just shuffle anywhere in the deck, but just have the last one. Make sure the last one's somewhere in the second half. So the Cthulhu character has control over one of the conflicts at least. Yeah, or yeah. has more con- more control. Like yeah, yeah. Randomly dealt in there. Yeah. And would the point of the other scenes be that they've got the chance to search out sort of things that'll help them? In some yeah, way. I think so. Things that help them, or things that might hinder them, so they yeah. meet other characters. Yeah, search out allies or search out yeah. uh, artifacts that can. Give we could them use hand. the um, Labyrinths and Lycanthropes card system for that to see how that works, because that's got uh, your four suits. So you've got either you meet guards, mm-hmm. or you meet NPCs, or you find a treasure room, um, or you meet um, enemy mages. Mm-hmm. So mages guards, you can merge that into one, and mm-hmm. then have like so uh, diamonds for artifacts, like you said. You, if there's a chance of finding a useful artifact, and a heart could be you meet um, some other character an NPC who might help you, might not, depending on if you annoy them or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I think that, and then um, a spade is a straight up fight with some hostile guards or monsters yeah uh-huh. and, and you get to you've got to spend certain resources in order to to uh, be able to book the winning winning of the match <laughs> so that'll be up against the Cthulhu players resource everyone's got so many tokens yeah or dice or whatever and then you have to roll the dice if you use it but 
don't know. Don't get yeah. too complex. So, but if we're doing this booking thing, then if it's just straight up Cobalt versus Cthulhu, and you're just putting in basically a bid to see who wins, is it still going to be? Even if the Cthulhu player puts in more resource, he wins. The Cobalt can still get a success out of it, depending on how he does it. Um. Yeah. Could there be a double aspect to it in that you get like two successes if you book it and you come out as the most exciting winner or something? Yeah, something like that. There should be some sort of audience response if you sell it really well, if you sell <laughs> the, the beating victory yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's a good scene, then you get a, yeah, you get a bonus resource for that. So when it comes to the next one, you get more chance of winning or you save it up for a quest scene so you can uh-huh. actually succeed in that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Cool. I think I'm not. Sh- uh, I like the idea of the booking system, but I'm not sure how it would work. So I think that's something that'll be good to play cool. test and just see how it'll. Uh... Oh. Sorry, I lost you then. I said sorry. I like I like the idea of the booking system, so that you might um. Uh, so that you know what's coming up, but you have to just actually play it well. But it feels like the kind of thing that might. I don't know how it would work in, pra- in practice. So it would be someone that can play test and see how it works anyway. Yeah, yeah. But basically, like, the crunchy bit to win would kind of happen before you have the story bit. Um, All right, or okay. Ha- or it would happen halfway through. You'd, like, get in a fight, and people would just would be just describing it for a while. Yeah. And then, then someone would have to say, like, okay, conflict pause, and then we go into conflict resolution, which I'm saying is, at the moment, is, is you can just bid to... Bid for the all guy to win. Whoever yeah. decide to back. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we could change something else. We could change the sort of like health and leather way. If you pick the right card, you you get to win or something. No, no. I quite. Like, I I kind of misunderstood what you were talking about. I think so. There's still going to be a, a card off or a fight, in in a sense, but it's not yeah. really the story. It's that's you doing the decision, the game, yeah. and then you tell the story after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Pause yeah. for that. Pause for the crunchy bit, and then. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a chance to win uh, boons, tokens, successes, whatever it is, during that story by yeah, yeah. like you say, by selling it. By selling it really well, yeah. or so, so someone can offer you a reward and something like if you can incorporate this into it, and you get a, an extra boon. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Aye. Yeah, probably Cthulhu play can put out. Yeah, put out uh, bribes to say that yeah, you know, if you if you get your leg broken in this. Same, you can have an extra boon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for the rest of the, the yeah. rest of the thing, you've got to move half speed. <laughs> cool. I um, think that's I think that's a pretty good structure to work off. We could we could build some bones around that offline. Um, yeah, right, right up. Maybe a wee bit more uh, depth around it and talk about it next time. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think maybe we should aim try to have a play test. Next time, we'll at least run through a scene or two. Mm-hmm. Good do. I think it might take a little bit of uh, collaborative writing in between, but yeah, we could probably manage that. Yeah. So, um, is someone going to work on the descriptor chart then? The, uh, uh, yeah, I could do that. Cool. All right, and then and then we could start with character mm-hmm. creation. Um. So. so do we need to, I suppose we need a description of what kind of scenes we're going to use. Yeah. Because in Labyrinths and Lycan Threats, we've got the four different suits, which went to four different types of scene. So, um, 
And three are easy to port over. The other one of like the encountering enemy wizards. I don't know what what we could make that into instead. Mm -hmm. Basically, we've got monsters, NPCs, and treasure. Mm -hmm. So, what could the fourth type of scene be? Maybe that's just be like inter-party scene, mm -hmm. inter-party conflict, something. Which where the kobolds just have an argument or a scrap or something. <laughs> what, which would disagreement. Which would give one of them an advantage over the other or something in uh, the next yeah. combat scene, say. Yeah. You've got to think about how long a role-playing scene lasts for, I mean, five, ten minutes. You can only fit four of them in an episode. Probably, yeah, probably. So you're going to have yeah. to win pretty much all your conflicts. Yeah. It would be good to make them pretty fast and furious, wouldn't it? So, like, the the card game that decides whether they're going to win or lose is actually just like a two or three minute like three rounds of do you win do you not best of three type of thing yeah I think it wants to be done within a minute really. yeah and then narrate it over a few minutes yeah or sometimes it doesn't even take that long to narrate when she's yeah free flowing yeah yeah it depends how imaginative you're being yeah. But but yeah, let's build in. See, that's the thing I sometimes struggle with in the really truly narrative games is when you have to narrate your victory or your loss, and it's just you doing it, and you kind of suddenly you lack a, lack for inspiration. And that's in the archipelago thing. Um, there's a call for help phrase. <laughs> it's like I'm 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 out. I don't I have no idea what's going to happen. Give me something, and it basically just asks the players to. It could even be the roll on d hundred, yeah. like a random word, and then build on that. We're saying basically put in a safety word. Pretty much, yeah. Or a a, a plea, <laughs> a yeah. beg a begging word. Give me something. Help me. <laughs> if you're doing if you're doing a, a role playing, you know, to go, yeah, role playing session, you can you can just do that and uh -huh. and ask for. You know, if you're sitting playing contenders, hell for level, and you're mm. right, guys. What what what's your idea? But we never tend to do that. I don't think, do we? You you don't tend to ask oh, for help. Often. I yeah. don't do it enough. Yeah. I don't think. No, me neither. That's kind of what I'm saying. I suppose it's but and and if it's built into the system, if it's part of the construct, then you would do it a bit more often. Maybe would help people to do that. Yeah, and I think that the um, pre-arranging the narration or pre-booking how the conflict's going to end will help with that as well, because yeah. then everyone knows what to narrate towards, so everyone can jump in with things, and we just know not to block that outcome. Mm -hmm. and as long as we, we keep that outcome open, mm -hmm. yeah. So you can have signs and portents of failure or success, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, target all towards towards the what you know is going to happen. Yeah. The other thing is is the the voice as well to look at. Um, whether we're just going to talk in character or whether we're going to step out of that into narration as well or whether just move between the two because most kind of radio comedies and radio plays and stuff like that the, the, you know, the characters, they only speak in character mm. don't. Yeah, it's hard to shift between the two, wouldn't it? Because it's pretty confusing So maybe you could have a Cthulhu player as the narrator or something or... Uh, Yeah, so he fills in, the, fills in that role that GM role as well yeah, would that be um, kind of difficult though? Because then they would be directing pretty much all of the story, and the kobolds are just—they're just sort of telling their reaction to what's happening. Um, well, but yeah, I suppose it puts them more in the player role than a, a GM role, doesn't it? It's difficult. I've been, I've been listening to the Neverwhere, yeah, um, uh, radio play on 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 the BBC. Yeah. 
uh, and that's some of the scenes that they're saying it's it's obvious when they're doing exposition of the actual the, the setting when they go oh look at oh look at where we are and look how everybody's dressed it's is so strange yeah <laughs> but yeah you can have to do that yeah yeah it's just a constraint yeah yeah but it, it works because it works without having any narration you still get a, a feeling of what's going on your background noises are good as well if you can get some of them on your magic device cool. yeah <laughs> yeah background sound definitely sound effects <laughs> Um, we could always put them on afterwards, couldn't we? Yeah. If we're recording it. So, um, I think in terms of staying in character, it might be better for the cobble players to not be able to break character at all unless you call for a pause or use a, mm-hmm. a key phrase. Yeah. You mean, or, um, yeah, or time shift. And very, want, want these to be short scenes, like you said. It's hard to stay in character for a long, long time, for more than a few minutes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there just needs to be structure in the scenes, doesn't there? They're like uh, three stages: like uh, set the scene, um, yeah. play the scene, and uh, decide the conclusion type of thing. So, the play the scene part is actually just all in character. Yeah. And if you were so inclined, you could edit it up and just take out those sections so that actually. Yeah, it's just turn and walk works like the radio play that we're hoping for. Yeah, so we could yeah we, we could put that up on the site can't we? As, as different downloads. So you could choose to download the whole podcast, download yeah. just the actual play, yeah. download just the radio play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that'll come out with the playtesting, won't it? What what works best as a recording, whether yeah. we need to have narration only. No, sorry, whether we need to have narration or whether it needs to be character only. Yeah, and play about with it. It might even be making the mechanics where you can pay to switch between the two, where you can grab narration at some point. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. But just in character, if, if no one else is blocking you, you can you can narrate anyway. You can bring a lot of stuff in just by like saying, you know, isn't that remarkable? Seeing the uh, charge of the light brigade coming down the hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> narrate stuff in anyway yeah that would work <laughs> I'm just writing down this sort of that structure we talked about Joe uh, and talking about um, sort of building resources before you come up to the conflicts but if conflicts come right at the start I wonder if it could be that there's incentive to complete your episode early if possible so, like, there is actually a bonus if a conflict comes up right at the start, even though it's more oh, difficult. So, yeah, if a conflict comes up early, then uh, there's a bonus to that because it might mean they complete their episode early. So, like, if you have 40 minutes for your episode, if you complete it in 30 minutes, get your three victories, then maybe extra boons or extra bonuses or something like that. Bonus round. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get sort of a, a what do you call an indulgence scene uh, Oh, yeah, the <laughs> uh, gratification scene. <laughs> Come on, gratification! I don't know if I role play that. <laughs> no, just you know, you basically <laughs> diving around, diving around up a, a pool of gold, like it, like a Scrooge McDuck or something. Oh, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That would hurt, wouldn't it? Really? <laughs> it would just really, no. really hurt. <laughs> when you when you <laughs> dive in some coins <laughs> under impact, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> metals become metals become entirely in the liquid state of their coins, and you're and you're a duck. A duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, Jake, that's enough for just now. I think that gives us the uh, the skeleton to flesh out. Indeed. Some working order next time. Yeah, yeah. So I've got uh, tasks here, and currently it seems I'm the only one with a task. <laughs> you lazy <Sorry>. bastards. <laughs> I <laughs> quite like the mechanics. <laughs> yeah. I quite like to do sort of the setting out of making making rules clear and actually making the rule book kind of bit. But that's the whole thing. That's not really one task. No, I mean... What what bit of the rules would you like to do? I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Well, I shall think... I send you my musings on the rules, Grant, and then you can make them clear? And Yeah, and it'd probably bear that way in that if there is something that's unclear, then I'll, I'll be the sec. I'll be like the second person looking at them. Like yeah, because a lot of it is just written in, in language that only makes sense to me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And okay, I'll put cool. Them in an order. Cool. Okay, so uh, we're hoping to over a couple of weeks come up with uh, some solider rules and try out a couple of scenes next time. Yep, yeah. we'll be solider next time we solider. next time we see you folks. Definitely solid. So in the meantime, looking for <laughs> always looking for ideas if you can. Uh, just get in contact with us. We're at um, podcast at dicingwithdesign.com on the on the emails. And if you'd like to contact us on at GamerCollin, at Grant Sensei, or at Joe J. Prince. Indeed. Uh, I, uh, yeah, we want feedback. We need feedback. Tell us what's going on. Oh, actually, give us a, a review in iTunes as well. We haven't had any of them yet. Uh, if you go onto iTunes, you can uh, you can review any um, podcast, put in a little comment, uh, and it really helps it get noticed because um, there's kind of a ranking system in iTunes where uh, we might actually get somebody listening to us if uh, we get a couple of reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, we know there are yeah, lots of people listening, but you're not. Yeah, t- tell us what you like. I'm putting lots of uh, links in our show notes all the time, yeah. um, which is Many fine. If, if, is, if nobody's following these links, I'm not going to keep doing it. Um, <laughs> they're really good though it's good yeah. it's like the well, media of uh, the thing is all I've done show. yeah but all I've done is I've gone to Google and the first thing that's come, you know, I've searched for HeroQuest put HeroQuest into Google and pretty much put the, the first link which would probably to the Board Game Geek um, that's fine which, though yeah I could just say we talked about HeroQuest today Google yeah. it yourself okay. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah people don't like to Google themselves they want it Googled for them well I'll do it <laughs> I'll do it. Your Googling. I will do it if one person is actually using those links. I'm not convinced anyone is. So <laughs> let me know if you want me to keep those. Otherwise I'll just I'll just put it up and you can Google it yourself. So, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all really. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. We're dicing with design. <laughs> I need to uh, I need to make our logo better. I need to put actually dicing with design in the logo. I don't watch better. <laughs> cool. Uh, see you later, folks. See you later. Bye. Bye.